0: The unsearchable riches of Christ. The unsearchable <coughs> riches of Christ. We live in a world where it searches madly for riches. People will sacrifice almost anything for wealth. Heaven itself has been sold for penance in gold. Judas even sold Jesus for 30 pieces of silver. And back then, 30 pieces of silver was a lot of money. But what do we know about riches? We know that riches are only temporarily. You know, it's, it's only temporary. The world is only temporary. We're just passing through. Matter of fact, what does Matthew tell us And Matthew 6, 6, 19. Lay not up for yourselves treasures upon the earth where moth and rust doeth to corrupt. And where thieves break in and steal. You and I know that as we see here, what is Matthew saying? Matthew is saying you need to observe where you're laying up your treasures. What are, where are we laying up our treasures? Solomon writes in Proverbs 11 4 Riches profit not in the day of wrath. Riches profit not in the day of wrath, but righteousness delivereth from death. The day of wrath refers to when we die, or when the time when God settles all accounts with people on judgment day each person will stand alone will stand accountable for all of his or her deeds at that time no amount of riches will get you out of your situation with god only your love for god and your obedience to him will count Want everybody to turn with me to Ephesians chapter 3 and verse 8. Ephesians chapter 3 and verse 8. Now I'm going to try to take it easy because I know I've got like a few <laughs> scriptures that I want to point out so I'll take time for each of you to turn there this morning. <clears throat> Get one too. I usually have one here, hand. Thank you so much. Ephesians chapter three and verse eight. Paul records this unto me, who am less than the least of all saints, is this grace given that I should preach among the Gentiles? the unsearchable riches of Christ. Father, I thank you this morning for your word. Lord, I pray this morning as we receive from you, Father, the word. Lord, I pray that each one of our hearts would be opened in our ears, Father, to receive all that you have for us this day in Jesus' name. When Paul described himself as less than the least of all saints, he was saying that without God's help, he would never be able to do God's work. And that's true of all of us. That's true of all of us. Without God, we can't do what we do. Without God, you don't have the health. you don't have the means to do everything that you do for God. He provides everything that we need to do the gospel or the ministry. Yet God chose him to share the gospel with the Gentiles and gave him the power to do it. See, if we feel useless, we might be right. Some people say, I, I just feel useless. You ever said that someday? There have been days I got up and I'm like, this is... I need to go back to bed. I need to get some more sleep. Because this is not working. Except that we have forgotten what a difference God makes. How does God want to use you? You see, we have to draw into his power. We have to draw into his power in order to do the part that he's called us to do. You see, being a servant of God means not, not just going to church, receiving the word, and going home. Being a servant of God is coming and receiving and taking and fulfilling what he's called us to do. Going outside of ourselves. Now, if you want to turn with me to Romans 2-4, I want to first talk about the riches of his goodness. Isn't God good? We say we God is good, and we say all the time. All the time, God is good. But in Romans 2 4, or to spit thou the riches of his goodness and forbearance and long suffering, not knowing that the goodness of God leadeth thee to repentance. It is easy to Mistake God's patience for approval of the wrong way that we are living. You see, self-evaluation is difficult and it's even more difficult to expose our conduct to God and to let him tell us where we need to change. Everybody wants to think that they're perfect. Everybody wants to think that they're always right. But you know what? If you ask God if you're right, and he says you're wrong, sometimes you say, well, no, no, God, you don't understand. Uh-huh. Come on, that's it's, people do that. People will barter with God. People will try to bargain with God. They will try to tell God that they're right, even if God says they're wrong. We as Christians must pray consistently that God will point out our sins so that he can heal them. Unfortunately, we are more likely, and this is a true statement here, I believe. Unfortunately, we are more likely to be amazed at the patience God has with others than to humble ourselves and let him see that he is working patience within us. You know, we always can point out the faults of us. Man, I wish I, I can't wait for God to start working on that person. Man, if God needs to get to work. I know time is short, and man, the the road in for that person—I mean, it's getting wider and wider. Man, they're going to start feeling the flames of hell any day now. But yet, we don't want to. We we can't we can't look at that in ourselves. We don't want to see ourselves in that in that in that on that category, do we? Oh, I'm, I'm a saint I, I love Jesus I'm a saint of God and I'm a child of God and I'm, and, but, but we're still we still fall short of the glory of God you see there are little areas in our life that need to be corrected need to be changed the righteousness the righteousness of God is great but you know what the word of God says there are none that are perfect There's none righteous not one and we have to remind ourselves of that but we don't want to talk, we would now I don't know about you in this room, but there, I'm sure there's nobody in this room that won't want to say, well, you know, I'm, I'm, I'm righteous I, I'm, you know, I'm, I'm all good, I'm squared up mm-hmm. be careful mm-hmm. lest the enemy trip and destroy and try to tarnish your character mm-hmm. oh, how good is the Lord how good the Lord has been to us he has, he has given us life With all of its blessings. He's provided eternal life through his son Jesus on the cross. God is good. When you start to be thinking about all the things that God has done for us and how he he has made an incredible way for us, we begin to think of his goodness. His goodness is manifested in his patience. He holds back judgment. He holds back the judgment that we so deserve. He puts up with our many failures and our sins. He only waits on us to surrender ourselves to him. You see, every time we fall, he's there to pick us up. His mercy and his grace is there every single time that we fall. Every time that he he tries to help us, we we fall time and time and time again. He's there every single time. Why? Because his word says he will never leave us nor forsake us. He's always going to be there. His long-suffering demonstrates how wonderful his love is for us. And that's what he reminds us of in Hebrews 13, 5. I will never leave you nor forsake you. You see, understanding his goodness leads us to repentance. How can we resist someone who loves us so much that he's willing to be patient? He's willing to wait. He's willing to, to, to try to, to, to just to hold fast until, until you come to him. What happens with your friends? <clears throat> What happens with family when they're tired of all your shenanigans? They leave you. They're, I'm done with him. <laughs> you have friends that are that are tired of the way you carry on. Oh, let somebody else deal with them. Could you imagine if God took the same stand with us and all the shenanigans in our lifetime? None of us would be making it to heaven. None of us would have a chance. But because Jesus died on the cross for us, we now have a chance. We now have hope. We now see that, that God loves us so much. Amen. Because he sent his son. That we now have that eternal hope. I don't know much about that. excites me. Yes. I mean, when we shall see the king, we shall see the king. I mean, that just sets on fire, doesn't it? Yes. I just Ooh, I can't wait. I, when they were singing this morning, I was waiting for the clouds to open up. <laughs> I saw our sister getting excited in the Lord back there, and the Holy Ghost fell upon her. Wow. I thought the clouds were going to open. I was like, "Woo! Thank you, Jesus. Where? are you at? Where you? I'm listening. I'm hear that trumpet blast, but I'm listening." We get excited, don't we? I mean, there is excitement when you're in the house of God. There's excitement when you think about the goodness of God. There's excitement in redemption when you think about Jesus dying on the cross for you and for me, for all the wickedness that we have had in our life. And he is surrendering and he's waiting patiently for all of us to come unto him. Even when you stumble. Even when you fall. Even when you fall into the mud, he's there just to clean you right up. Just to open his arms and embrace you as you come. Now, we'll go with me to Ephesians 2 7. Let's talk about the riches of his grace. Hallelujah. In Ephesians 2 7, it says that in the ages to come, He might show the exceeding riches of his grace and his kindness toward us through Jesus Christ. Woo! Hallelujah! He's going to show you more grace. He's going to show you something more. Grace is a wonderful, all-encompassing word, a word that combines the love and mercy of God, a word that invites sinners to the Savior to be cleansed and Now, I don't know about you. But I remember back in the day when I came to Christ. And I'm sure each of you in this room could think back on the day that you came to Christ and how you felt when you came. I praise God we have found a Savior that invites us to come to be a part of a kingdom that He has prepared for us. Grace rescues and revives those who are dead in sin. What is he telling in his Ephesians 2, 1 through 3? And you have you hath he quickened, who were dead in trespasses and sin, where in time past he walked according to the course of this world, according to the prince and the power of the air, the spirit that now worketh in the children of disobedience. Among whom also we all. Notice, notice, how, notice how Paul put it there, we all. So he doesn't want anybody to be excluded. The Holy Spirit didn't want anybody excluded. So he says, we all had our conversations in times past in the lust of the flesh, fulfilling the desires of the flesh and of the mind. And where by nature the children are wrath, even as others. There's nothing good about those sinners who are offered grace. They had been walking according to the course of this world. They've been walking and walking and walking and, 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 and taking the, the things of the world and just taking it all in. And this is all mine. This is this is this is all for me. The world has become I, 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 and me, me, me. Somewhere along the line we left out the Lord. Somewhere along the way we have we have forgotten what God is talking when He is talking to us. They have been fulfilling the lusts of the flesh. You see, the future is bright to those who receive the riches of his grace. Isn't that awesome? that when we begin to look at the the riches of his grace, they are secure for the future, for the ages to come. You see, they will will forever be objects of his kindness. When we see people out in society, how often do we take time to compliment them? How often do we take time to, 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 to share with them the goodness of God? The glories of his riches that he has for us. His grace is sufficient. His grace is sufficient. Some people don't believe that. Some people don't believe that his grace is sufficient. But the word of God tells us that his grace is sufficient. Paul tells us his grace is sufficient. And that's good enough for me. Now if you flip back a few... Verses or a few chapters to Ephesians chapter 1 and verse 18. It talks about the riches of his glory. The riches of his glory. Ephesians 1.18. The eyes of your understanding being enlightened. That ye may know. What is the hope of his calling. And that the riches of his glory, of his inheritance in his saints. This has to do with our inheritance with Christ. We are heirs of God and joint heirs with Christ Jesus. Paul tells us that, and also Romans eight seventeen. And if children, then heirs, heirs of God and joint heirs with Christ. If so be that we suffer with him that we may what be also glorified there is a price for being identified with Jesus people don't like to hear that people don't like to hear that there's a price when when you're being identified with Jesus you might be known as a holy roller might be known as a tongue topper, a pew jumper. (laughs) A bobby pin thrower. (laughs) I'm telling you, people have all kind of characteristics they wanna name, people of God. A lot of them like to curse around the people of God. People like to curse around the people of God so they can they can they can make you feel less than good. They wanna they wanna show you that it, nobody controls them. I have it all the time. But you know what? It doesn't bother me. It doesn't bother me. It's like, what do they say? It's like water rolling off a duck's back. If you've seen all this rain we've had, the ducks have to be in heaven right now. <laughs> and the turtle's got to be loving it. The church. We are heirs. We are heirs. We are joint heirs with Christ. The things of this world, we can't let the things of this world become becoming cumbersome to us, or or bother us, or 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 try to take our joy away. There is a price for being identified with Jesus. Paul so Paul also mentions the suffering that Christians must face. Uh oh, we don't like to talk about that either. Church, we Christians must not become complacent we have become complacent we all know that we're going to heaven why? because we have received Jesus Christ as our Lord and Savior we know where our eternal home is but we have become complacent and we have come to a point where, where we're no longer sharing the gospel of Jesus Christ well I just gotta look out for me Because I want to get to heaven. And so I have to look out for me. (laughs) What about all the we's in the world? My wife always says, who is we? You always say we. She said that this week. I like pulling everybody into my conversation. So I use we. My we could be Lynn and Doris and Marth back there. And the we could be anybody for me. I don't like to be alone. So when I say "we," I'm talking about me and Jesus. Okay. So when I say "we," when you start wondering who the "we" is, it's me and Jesus. Okay, Pastor, has somebody with him. Somebody's on his side. You know, I used to take. I used to hear people say sometimes, well, "I have Jesus in my back pocket. I want Jesus, Jesus in my back pocket. I have Jesus in my heart." Yeah. <laughs> My Jesus is walking with me, not behind me. He's going to walk with me through the fire, he says. And so when I come out on the other side, I'll be tried, But he's going to go with me. He's not sending me by myself, so we are going to go through the fire. See, when you start thinking about all those fires and all those things that start raging in your life, just remember, Jesus is with you. So you can say, we are going through the fire. You can hold his arm. You can both go together. Yeah. Because he's with you. Yes, he's not letting you stand alone. Hallelujah. Mm-hmm. You are never, ever alone. I know people tell me, well, it's so hard to be by yourself all the time. You are never okay. by yourself. Mm-hmm. When you have Jesus. Mm-hmm. They talk about this pandemic and... All the depression because people have been so alone. Read the word of God, you're never alone. Yes, there are times that I talk to myself. (laughs) And sometimes it's verbally, out loud, and people look and say, I want to back away from him, he's one of those guys that talks to himself. I'm not talking to myself, I'm talking to Jesus. Sometimes we have normal conversations where I'm talking verbally to him. Okay, think I'm crazy, but he doesn't think I'm crazy. He loves it when I talk to him. He loves it when I take time with him. We must strive to live as Jesus did, serving others, giving unselfishly, resisting the pressures to conform to the world that we live in. There are a lot of political issues. There are a lot of, of issues that are rising up in this country. But I'm telling you, we can't take part in that. Because we must stay focused on the Word of God. We must stay focused on what God has for us. And we must move straight forward with it. If you have to put blinders on, put blinders on. If you have to put earplugs in, I have about 880 pairs. I'll give you some so you can stick me here. So you don't have to hear about all the stuff that's going on. Just stay focused on the cross. Amen. All the other stuff is trivial. I know the world, the enemy, is making it a big deal. The enemy makes everything a big deal. But I'm telling you, if you stay focused on Christ, you don't have to worry about all those other things because you are headed right where God wants you to be. We will receive the riches of in this inheritance when the Lord returns he tells us in Romans eight eighteen, for I reckon that the sufferings of this present time are not worthy to be compared with the glory which shall be revealed in us now believers look at creation and then glory but creation will look at believers glory. Isn't that awesome when you think of it that way? When you think about how we always look at creation and then we say, oh man, look at all this stuff And, and, and then we think of the glory of God. But creation looks at the believers and what are we doing? Are we focusing on the things of this world? Peter, James, and John caught a glimpse of his glory on the Mount of Transfiguration in Matthew 17. You see, they saw the awesomeness of God. The Transfiguration was a vision, a brief glimpse of the true glory of the King. This was a special revelation of Jesus' divinity to three of his disciples. And it was a divine affirmation of everything that Jesus had done and was about to do. We will share those riches of his glory throughout eternity. Can you imagine when eternity comes, all of us in the presence of God forever and ever and ever? Never losing sight of him again. Not worried about whether the enemy is going to try to cause you to trip up or fall. None of that will exist. Think of what a poor sinner will accept and how we as the believers will receive the riches of grace. Who will believe that our Savior is rich enough in mercy to save? You see, the world doesn't look at things like we look at things. Things come and go. They see things coming and going all the time. You know, the sad thing is the world sees how the church is a lot of times. See, a lot of times the church will change its doctrine. They'll change the way it, it does things. But I'm telling you this: if 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 it's not here, I can't preach it. If it's not in God's word, I can't preach it. We have to How many of you this morning have found God's mercy? How many of you have found God's grace? How many of you depend on God's grace? How many of us depend on his riches? You see, we can't live without Christ. Sure, you can... Struggle along in the world. You can tremble along. You can stumble along. You can kind of haphazardly make it. But when you have Jesus, you have everything. Mm-hmm. You have the. You have His grace. You have His mercy. You have all of that that is available to you every single time you wake up, even when you're sleeping. I tell you. The enemy sometimes comes at you in the night. The time you're supposed to be resting and relaxing in your deep sleep. And the last two nights was terrible. (laughs) It's terrible. You probably had nights like this too. I, I had these terrible dreams that I was working and mixing paint All night long. And when I woke up in the morning, I was tired. How does that happen? How can something like that happen? Like, Lord, I I prayed before I went to bed. I prayed for a peaceful night's sleep. I prayed that you would give me a great night's rest. And, And I worked in my dream all night. But what does God do? God gives me strength for the day To continue to do what he's called me to do. To share the gospel of Jesus Christ to every person I can. I love the, the aspect that the word tells us he will provide the hearers. And by his grace, he supplies the hearers. To hear the gospel message. To hear the word that comes forth. Church, we are living in a day and an age. If you're searching for worldly riches, forget it. If you're searching for the unsearchable riches, it's there for you. God's mercy, his grace, it's all there for us. I tell you, I can't tell you what a privilege it is to be able to come here and share the gospel with each of you. We've been doing it now for 11 years here. It's hard to believe. But God is good all the time. His mercies never fail. Never, ever fail. Amen to that. There are times that I got nervous. There are times in my own life and in this ministry here at Victory Fellowship, there have been times that I got concerned about the the finances of this church and I would tell my wife, and she said, it's God's problem. She's so good about that. She just knows how to ease my burden. It's God's problem. And the guys can tell you God has come through again this year like I never expected. Because of his grace. His grace. That continually carries us. And brings us through. It's his grace. That we have the the Holy Ghost. That falls upon us. And excites us about the gospel message. That we see every day. When you take time to read. What am I saying this morning? all of us, all of us here today, and even those who watch, I want to encourage you to search like Paul said. Search for the unsearchable riches of Christ. Don't look for the riches of this world. It's only temporary. But God's riches are eternal. Father, I thank you this morning for your day. I thank you, Lord, for what Paul has described to us as the unsearchable riches of Christ. Lord, I am so thankful that we can can preach the gospel message to all that we come in contact with. And Lord, you have shown us the riches of your grace. And Lord, may we take that and go into the world with the boldness that you've given to us to proclaim the gospel message. Lord, I pray that you will help us each and every day. To walk as you have called us to walk. To go with, with with the boldness that you've given to us. Through the grace and mercy that you have placed in our hearts. To preach to every man and every woman and every child. The cross of Jesus Christ. And we'll give you the praise. The glory and the honor for it. And all of God's children say, Amen. 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 Let's-